Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Are you ready? Yes. All right. You sure you're ready? Because if you're not ready, all right. I'll water it down for you if you want. <laughs> How many of you believe I'd ever do that? What do I have in my pocket here? Oh, Wawa card. People know me really well. That's what it's an anniversary present. <laughs> I eat at Wawa at least three days a week. Buffalo chicken sandwich. Fantastic. It really is. We're going to talk about sanctification this morning. Are you ready? Probably in a way that you've never heard it before. Be ready. Our fascination with our own redemption has got to come to an end. See how I can quiet a room just like that? See, a lot of you consider it to be heresy or almost borderline blasphemy to say anything about your redemption. But our fascination with something that happened in our past, our redemption, needs to come to an end. And it's time to be fascinated with our sanctification. First Thessalonians chapter 5, 23 and 24 says this, May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians 5, 24, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. A lot of us, we've used that verse, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. We use that for faith stands, and that's fine. But what it's really targeted about is our own personal sanctification. Faithful is he that calleth you who will also sanctify you. Who will do this? The Holy Spirit, John chapter 16, verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Sanctification is progress. And we are warned in scripture, whether it's Hebrews chapter 5, 11 through 14, which is entitled warning against following away, or these verses right here, Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 1, where the title of this section of scripture is the peril of not progressing. If you are wondering why the church caved and why the church continues to cave and why nobody is preaching outside of Rodney Howard Brown, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, Arthur Pulaski, Greg Locke, and a few others, why nobody in America today is preaching about the mark of the beast. Nobody's preaching about how there's three COVID camps in Australia. Nobody's preaching about that they have 2,000 isolation, uh, isolation rooms in their COVID camps in Canada and that you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel in the entire European Union, in Israel, in Canada, in Australia, in New York City, without your mark of the beast, I mean your QR-coded vaccine passport. The reason why people don't preach about it is because they don't even know. They're not sanctified. Here's the thing. If you're not sanctified, get ready for offense. If you're not sanctified, you're walking around in stupidity. You're walking, they don't even know. They still think they're being loving. Where is the Australian church? Where's the Canadian church? Where's the American church? QR codes alone, where you have to go up and swipe a QR code. Now in Queensland, Australia, 
They are not allowing people to get life-saving surgery. Not elective surgery, which they always close down all the time to manipulate people into getting the vaccine. But they won't even let you get life-saving surgery anymore without your vaccine passport. And nobody in, where, where's the Australian church? I thought you were loving and compassionate. I thought that's why you strapped those lies on your face and locked down your churches to show everybody your virtue and your love. Where is it? They don't know because they're galactically ignorant. They've never been sanctified beyond their own redemption. They've been fascinated with their own redemption for decades. You talk to most Christians to see how quiet it is in here. You know why that is? Because there's not a soul in this room, including me, who doesn't struggle with not getting sanctified. You're welcome. You're at a real church now. This is real church. It hurts. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If you are pierced, you're in the right church. If you are not being pierced, you are at the wrong church. I won't go to a church that makes me go to sleep. I want to walk in there thinking, man, what is that lunatic going to say today? I won't go to any other church. And sanctification is not an option. Well, you're just not sanctified. Yet you're 37 years in. You should be sanctified. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Titled, The Peril of Not Progressing. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. Leaving means leaving. Your testimony. I understand the strength and power of our testimony. That doesn't mean that your testimony doesn't evolve. Your testimony should not be, I got, you know, I used to be a drug addict and now I'm not. That was 51 years ago. In, in, in the meanwhile, while, during those 51 years, where all that you've done is gone to work and watch TV or some other sort of screen, your kids aren't saved, your coworkers aren't saved, nobody's being healed, nobody's being influenced, the poor aren't being fed, while your testimony is still, I used to be this and I used to be that and now I'm not. The power of your testimony should not be what you once were or what you, or what you once did. It should be what you are currently doing. That is your testimony. You're welcome. See, I look at you differently than you look at you. I know I say that all the time, but I do. When I, when I think of Christians, I have a reverence. Because I'm sitting there going, there is a walking embodiment of the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm careful about treading on God's elect. Do you think of yourself that way? You're just hanging on towards heaven. That is not biblical. Hanging on for heaven, which isn't even the reward of your salvation. The power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is the reward of your salvation. Not going to heaven. Therefore, leaving the elementary discussion, uh, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, leaving it, let us go on to perfection. How will you go on to perfection? By leaving the elementary principles, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrines of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection from the dead and eternal judgment. And this, will, and this we will do if God permits. Here's the peril of not progressing. 
There is a reason why Jesus himself, who is the word, included in the word, Matthew chapter 24, 10 through 13. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. Why? They don't know any better. Yes, there are people that purposefully do it, but people are destroyed for? They don't even know. These pastors who close their churches and strap masks on that have goofy assembly of God on their masks. Those same people today still believe they're virtuous. I call out for it all the time on the podcast. Why have you not publicly repented? They don't even know to publicly repent. They still think they're full of virtue. The people who turned Rodney Howard Brown in and got him arrested were other ministers who still believe they're virtuous. At that time, many will turn away from the faith, and this should sound familiar to Rodney Howard Brown, and will betray and hate each other. Who's turning on Christians? Lots of other Christians. Lots of other Christians. I was listening to Jonathan Shuttlesworth preach the other day. And he was preaching about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the people who stood up and refused, refused to bow, right? Who else was bowing, though? I never thought of it. That's why you need to click into people who are in the flow. You need to be listening to me. Yes, I'm in the flow. Listen to Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Listen to Rodney Howard Brown. Listen to these men who are in the flow who never bowed. Who else bowed? Every other Jew. Every other Jew bowed. And we're probably the best person to listen to preach on it is Jonathan because he can shift into characters. Well, you know, you should really consider bowing. There is a better way. You can be more cooperative. There's no cooperation. I don't, listen, I don't cooperate. Period. If you don't believe me, you don't know me. Well, I bet you, though, if your wife wasn't happy, you'd cooperate. Ask her. I don't cooperate. Mom ain't happy. The whole house ain't happy. Not in life, we house. I'm happy no matter what. She didn't want to be happy. That's on her. She's more happy than I am anyway. You know why she's more happy? She's the more solid Christian. There you go. That's the truth. See, I'm not afraid of anything. I don't cooperate. I'm not cooperating with the societal norms. I don't care what people think. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? I don't seek to please men. I would rather be a bondservant of Christ. Galatians 1.10. Not laying again the foundation of these things. For, now, here's the thing. The peril of not progressing. Verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened... Enlightened means saved and have tasted the heavenly gift, saved, have become partakers of the Holy Spirit, saved, and have tasted of the good word of God, saved, and the power of the ages to come, saved, if they fall away, to renew them to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. That's the peril of not progressing. That's the title of these scriptures. If you're worried about, is that me? Can I be renewed to repentance? Look at me. Have you repented? Then it's not for you. See how easy it is? I'm like a brain surgeon. (laughs) 
If you're even interested in repentance, you are not beyond redemption. But you had better watch yourself as you continue to court and date and marry sin. Because you will get to the place just like these pastors who are blind and close their churches. I'm not talking about their salvation. They are blind, believing that they are right and don't even care what I say or what the Bible says. You can get to that place if you continue to blow off God. And I'm talking about in specific areas of your life or unto an eternal damnation. Let's talk about finances. I've been on this vein. I can't help it. It's really good. Where are you at? Do you, do you have to ponder when you get money what you're going to do with it? Let me lay the groundwork for you just so you know. I made more money at the sheriff's office than I make here. The biggest givers in this church, the biggest tithers in this church are myself and my wife. And we don't make the most money in the church. While, while we've been the biggest givers in the church, I made $85,000 a year at the sheriff's office. She made $65,000 a year at her job, and we were the biggest givers each and every year. Because there's no option. I don't cooperate. I don't cooperate with my carnality. Uh, should I give that? That's an, awfully big, that's an awfully large sum of money. I don't do that. Somebody hands me a check for $10,000. 1,000 of it's already gone in my mind. It's already God's. Why are you thinking any diff anything different, Christian, allegedly mature Christian? And by the way, we're a very good giving church. But there's always room to get a whole lot better. And this is for you, it's not for me. And stop, and stop being a conservative everywhere else in your life but in the church. Welfare recipient. You come in here, you don't give a dime, you don't give sacrificially, but you pay your taxes out there. You can't stand people who are on welfare, but you're on spiritual welfare every time you walk into Foundation Church. Just go join the Democratic Party then. That's what you believe. Liberal. You're on, why are you having everybody else pay for the lights that you're under? Why are you having everybody else pay for the pastor? But you, and you come in here for free. Oh, you know, uh, this is one of those churches after my money. Oh, really? We don't even take an offering. But a lot of you, you said that you weigh it out. Should I? Should I give? And there's no option. Listen, Christianity is a radical stance. It's yes now. It's no now. There's no contemplation needed. You know what the word of God says. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have you robbed me? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not pour out on you such, if I will not open for you. Listen to the two things he does for you. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that you will not be able to contain it and you sit there and contemplate whether you should tithe or not? Malachi 3, 8 through 11. Period. If you don't want to tithe, then bring it directly to the Holy Spirit and ask him, what shall I give? I was contemplating about a financial need for this church the other day and I sensed the Holy Spirit tell me, and I told my wife this, I have a feeling I'm going to need to sow a seed. 
and God already told me who I have to sell it to and the amount. And I, and I was like, now that's not tithing. But if I, wanna, if I want a harvest, I believe that I will have to put seed into the ground. Or you just stay poor the rest of your life. It's up to you. You can be what I say. You can be the poor instead of feed the poor. You're welcome. See how quiet it gets in here? I can do that with anything. I can bring up sex right now and climb up this, this whole room. Child rearing. Whole room be dead silent. It's dangerous to not progress. And that goes whether it's specific areas or your life in its entirety. Examine yourselves as, as to whether you are in the faith. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves as to whether, you know that, you can bring that specifically. On the whole, am I saved or am I not? Or you can say, do I operate in this, in healing, in prosperity, in giving, in my attitude? Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? Right? Who's not afraid? Test yourself. Open the word of God. Am I in the will of God? Am I in the faith? Don't be afraid. You spare the rod. For you people raising little kids right now, you spare the rod, you are not in the faith. They're too cute to spank. Mm -hmm. See how you feel when they're 14. And you didn't spare, and you spare the rod. By the way, in Proverbs 13, 24, he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. One, two, come on, Johnny. Three, four. You want to treat? You want to treat? What is he, a dog? You want to treat? You want to treat? They don't come when you call? Go wear out their rear end right in front of me. I'll applaud you. Fantastic job. If you, if you boot lick and butt kiss your own child, you will boot lick and butt kiss everybody. Just like the church did and is currently doing. Sanctification is not an option and you are at peril if you're not doing it. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 4.24, Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. He is a consuming fire. If you are not being consumed, if you are not progressing, you are kicking against the goads. God has set for you, your steps are ordered. Your steps are absolutely ordered. It's, it's uh, Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Your steps are ordered. Now, what is that next step he is telling you to take that you refuse to take? It's going to be uncomfortable. This is real church now. I, I could sit here and non-sanctify you and talk about your salvation. Like everybody else does. Love, 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 love. Puke, puke, love. But this is real church. You are in peril if you're not moving forward. Because the Lord your God is a consuming fire. If you are not being consumed, you are in danger. In danger. Hebrews 6, 1 through 6 lays it out for you. Watch out for distractions. Now, a lot of us, we are already in distraction right now. Stay with me. Stay with me. 
A lot of us, we are already in distraction right now. So you need to be looking. Is this me? Test yourselves. Do you not know? Ask the Holy Spirit. Lord, am I distracted and where? He, a lot of people, a lot of you parents, he'll tell you it's your kids. Your kids are your entire life instead of Jesus being your entire life. And the spillover effect of Jesus being your entire life would make you the greatest parent you have ever known. Just a spillover, even if you didn't try. But you've got to watch out for distraction. Listen to this now. 1 Timothy 5, 12 and 13. Having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. Nobody preaches verses like this. Except for Rodney R. Brown, Tom Lipley, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, Greg. A few people. Nobody else preaches this. Why? Because the love of money is the root of all evil. Which while some coveted after getting their PPP money, they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. 1 Timothy 6.10. What's the next verse? But you, old man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith, laying hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 1 Timothy 6, 10, 11, and 12. Having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. Sorry, Calvinists. They cast off their first faith and they are condemned. Having condemnation means... Being condemned. And besides, they learn to be idle. This is the danger of not progressing. I'll tell you this again in about 60 seconds from now. People have to be entertained. They have to find life somewhere. Every single human being on this planet will worship something or somebody. They will do it. Human beings have to be entertained. They have to find light. They have to find love. They have to find life. They have to. So when they cast off their first faith, because when you kick against the goats, God's saying, here's step one for you. And you say, no, thank you. May I have step two? No. For many of us in this room, you know what step one is? Stop being a jerk. Thank you, Bill. Stop being a jerk. You won't receive it. Stop being weird. There's yours. Stop believing that you're just such this great prophet. That Why were you such a great prophet when you walk into a room and everybody flees because you're so freaking weird? How, how can you be a prophet that way? I told you this before, I remember bringing correction to a so-called prophet who never would have ever socialized with anybody. I'm like, how can, you, how can you possibly be a prophet and spend no time with people? I don't consider myself the biggest people person in the world, but I certainly spend time with people. People have to be entertained. They will find life somewhere. And if they're not going to do it through their salvation... Because God himself is life. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. This, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. So when you cut off the spirit, even people who are saved, 1 Timothy 5, 12 and 13. You cut off the spirit. That inward yearning is looking for life. 
So what do they do? They learn to be idle. Wandering about from house to house. Have you seen this before in this church? Eight million times. If you're not going to find life in the gospel, people find life in crucifying me. And they honestly think in their heart, boy, we're hurting him today. You're not hurting squat. I don't care that you badmouth me. Join the club. Join the club. It's huge. Wide is the gate and broad is the way. Join the club. More people will hate prophets of God than love prophets of God. That's just the way that it is. And besides, they learn to be idle because they've cast off their first faith. The excitement's gone. Their first love, book of, Eph- uh, uh, book of Revelation chapter 2 uh, and 3, the church at Ephesus, they've cast off their first faith. And so they learn to be idle because they've got to find life somewhere. I mean, you think about how goofy people are today on this Sunday. NFL football game starting 33 minutes. How goofy you are to dedicate your life to a bunch of people chasing around an oblong ball bouncing around a field. But they do because they've got to find life somewhere. All that stuff's dead to me. All I see is a bunch of COVID caving vaccine whores on the field. That's all I see. You're welcome. It's over for me. I ain't going back. And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but gossips and busybodies saying things which they ought not. Churches, this is the American church. They have no life in the spirit, so they've got to find life at the detriment of others. Because that feeds them, gives them some life. Boy, I really feel good about myself today. Boredom will drive people to it. People will find life somewhere. Or the devil will provide counterfeits. Or your own flesh will provide counterfeits. John 6, 63, which I quoted to you a minute ago. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Your husband is not a purveyor of life. Look at now. He sucks on the teeth of life just like you do if you're a Christian. He is not somebody, there's no life in a human being. You look at all these people right now who are transhumanists and they believe they're going to live forever. You can't. They don't even know how a heart starts beating. They can provide electrical impulses to make it beat again, but they have no idea how to start a heart. For with thee is the fountain of life. And women are trying to find life in their families with a bunch of little piglets, just like we all are, who are on the teeth of life. And it will run out. I don't care how great she is. I don't, great, I don't care how great he is it will, or how great it is. It will run out. Even that brand new Harley that gives you life, it will run out. And then you'll go to the RV. And then you'll go to the boat. And then you'll go to Tennessee. <laughs> Ten- then you'll finally have to move to Wyoming because the mountains aren't high enough in Tennessee. Then you'll go skydiving, whatever it is that it takes for you to find life. There is nothing. I think there's a skydiver. Adam in here? There's Adam. There's a skydiver in here right now. Even that, it's empty. Only, the only, only source of life itself is the Holy Spirit for you. 
God sits at the right hand, I mean, Jesus sits at the right hand, God sits on the throne, the Holy Spirit is your source of life, he is in this room, there is nothing else. You can chase mirages and the devil's counterfeits and your own carnality, carnalities, counterfeits the rest of your life, your business, your home, your kids, counterfeits, it will not work. It is the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life, John chapter 8 verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in, walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Matthew six twenty three. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is, is darkness, how great is that darkness? If you're somebody who's chasing greener pastures and that's your light and that's your life, the light that is in you is dark. Whether you feel it or not feel it. Remember, feelings mean nothing. They are nothing more than gas or burps. I know every song on the planet is based on feelings, including many Christian songs, but feelings are nothing. They are biochemical reactions. Life itself comes via the Holy Spirit and is the Holy Spirit. Period. If anything else is your driving force in life, the light that is in you is darkness. See how quiet it is in here? Because we're convicted by it. Don't, do you think I don't struggle with this? I do struggle with it. Sometimes I, I make fun of my dog. I got a male Malinois. He's the biggest blockhead I've ever known. I've ever, I've never seen, and I've only owned female dogs, and I may never own another male dog again. Because I've never, I'm telling you, I've never met a dumber animal in my life who's really smart. Super smart. He runs into walls. Like, why are you running into a wall? You sprint and you jump into a wall, dude. You know you're, my female dog that I, she knew, I ain't taking that beating. I'm not doing it. He does it anyway. And often I sit there and I say to myself, how different am I than him? Because it only takes a little shiny light and I'm like, oh, wow. And I'm all in. But now I've learned through sanctification, watch it. That's the little tiny red light on the wall that you're falling around, Tom. Don't do it. There's no life in it. When you get there, when you find this, I've been trying to buy a house in Tennessee for the last two years. I'm 0 for 4. 0 for 4. Full, and most of them full price offers above full price, actually. And I'm still losing. But the whole time, I don't really care. I lost another one the other day. I don't really care because I'm like, it's not life. It's just some house. It doesn't matter. The same thing with church buildings. I want us in another building. We are in discussions for another building. However, it doesn't drive me. It's just a building. I want the spirit of God. He's life. The rest of it's empty. You go vacuum it all you want. It's empty. If a church building is my light and my life, then the light that is in me is darkness even though it's a church building. 
If a pastor or a preacher is your light in your life, the light that is in you is darkness and it's called idolatry. Don't let it be you. John 1, 5, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness could not even comprehend it. Satan knows people are looking for light in life. That's why you have 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. He doesn't transform himself into an angel of darkness. He's throwing out those little red lights for you to follow around like the kittens on the wall. He knows, hey, listen, the devil is an eternal being just like every person in this room. He knows. He knows what you're vulnerable to. And by the way, most people are never even tempted by the devil. It's their own carnality. And your own carnality knows you better than anybody. And will throw out options for you. I will tell you to get into the secret place of God and spend hours a day with God. No, I don't have the time. Really, have you ever asked him? Have you ever asked God that question? Lord, do I have time to spend hours with you every day? Ask him. Because then he'll reorganize your calendar. He'll actually be Lord. I believe, didn't we, didn't we, didn't we Romans 10, 9 it? That if you confess through the mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will be saved. But then we were the ones who fill up our calendar. See how quiet it is in here? This is an American church. So many other options. And when you dedicate yourself to prayer, watch your own carnality deliver the options to you. People will go wash dishes instead of pray. There's something, oh, I could be progressing today. And it's not the light that is in you is darkness. I'm gonna progress that. Okay, I have this whole list of things to do. Now, yes, God gets sacrificed on, on the auction block of my own lordship. However, I'm going to be progressing today. I'm gonna get this done. I'm gonna get that done. I'm gonna get this kid, the kid's appointments done. I'm gonna get the braces, blah, 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 blah. Minivans and fruit roll-ups, all that stuff. And believing that you're accomplishing things. And it feels good. What do you do, don't you? You've marked off your list. How many of you are list people? Got your list done. Feels good, but it's actually a light that is in you is darkness. You're just feeding your own carnality. You're carnal. Carnal's of the five senses. You're a big hunk of meat. That's what, that's what chili con carne comes from. Meat. Carnal. Don't allow yourself to be a big chunk of meat. Be of something that actually has life. Satan and your own carnality will present you with opportunities to never become spiritual, never to be sanctified. Satan always does. Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Let's bring this into the COVID world. He'll give them a cause. Think about, think about how brave these people are. 99.9% .9 survival virus. Kids are 7 to 20 times more likely to die of the flu than they are COVID-19. However, you got all these brave people going out with their, with their masks on, being pro-vax, because they now have a cause and they have a meaning. Because see how it works? Because everybody has to have it. They have to have a cause. They have to have a meaning in life. And the devil provided it for them. They get the heat. They get the sudden. They've been nothing their whole life. But suddenly they get to dictate and preach to other people. 
He'll always, the, the devil will always bring about the counterfeits or your carnality will do it also. He'll always give you or your carnality will cause or a meaning that appears to transcend yourself. Vaccines, masks, and let me force others to do it. All in the name of saving lives. Being, I mean, think about it. I mentioned this earlier. Being a professional sports fan. Being a fan of professional sports. You ever think about how meaningless that is? You, have, you sit and you watch a game. You're up, you're down, you're up, in a lot. It's absolutely meaningless. They don't know you. You don't know them. If they win, they're not calling you. If they lose, they're not calling you. They don't care what your opinions are. And your whole heart is in, invested in this team. We finally won. They, people, I see the fans in the midst of their riots. We finally won. We, who's we? You got a mouse in your pocket? Who's we? There's no we. They're, they, don't, they don't consider you part of the team. That you put your whole life into it. Because your own carnality or the devil himself or some demon will present you with counterfeit life. It's counterfeit. It means nothing. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. It means nothing. You're like, well, Tom, you know, shouldn't I be sinking my life into my marriage? No. I'll let that sit. No, you shouldn't. I see people do that. It gets to be carnal. Well, we're taking a day, you know, I know it's church day, but we're going to take a day just for ourselves. Light that is in you is darkness. For, you, just, you just created your own theology that replaced the theology of God of not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. No, what you should do is spill yourself completely and totally as a drink offering before the Lord and then let that spillover effect of just him, his life, make you the greatest wife, greatest husband, greatest parent you could ever be. You don't try to be a great parent. You obey the word of God and you are a great parent. But not just the part about not sparing the rod. There's a, you should be training them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Dad. Remember I picked on moms a week or two ago. Always weigh yourself, women. Am I a Proverbs 31 woman or am I actually a Proverbs 21 woman? Always ask yourself that question. But with dads, like I said, with women, you will not find ver verses in the Bible like that. Proverbs 21, 19, it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. It is better to dwell in a corner of the housetop than with a, with a brawling woman in a white house. You will not find that about men. But what you will find about men is that you can provoke your children to wrath. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. doesn't say that about women. What's the main problem in our culture? Look at me now. What's the matter? You afraid? What's the main problem in our culture? Dads? It's not moms. It's dads. 75% of the black community is dadless. And don't you worry, because the white community is approaching quickly. So I pick on everybody. I'm an equal opportunity offender. <laughs> don't be distracted from sanctification. Back to our root verse. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. You ever look at the verses before those? You always, when I, I'll read the verse first. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. What's the verses before that? Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. and everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And now it talks about sanctification. So ask yourself, do I rejoice evermore? See how quiet it is in here? You know, because most of us believe that living a melancholy lifestyle is an attribute. No? Have you ever read Proverbs chapter 15, verse 3? All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath, hath a continual feast. You, you walk around, I, I've had a, I got my scars. All the Christian songs about scars, take them, turn them sideways, and shove them up your own caboose. It's, own, it's not biblical. It's not biblical to walk around and talk about your pain. All the days of the afflicted, that's you. If you go around and you're talking about your pain, all of your days are evil. Well, that's how I teach my Bible study. Evil. You, all you're doing is roping into a, a bunch of other people into your melodrama. Woe is, woe is me, a blood-bought, born-again, spirit-filled believer. Woe is you. My mommy was mean to me. Who cares? Dad was never there for me. You're 58, and he's been dead for 30 years. How much more are you going to blame the man? He's dead. You're welcome. I just tell myself thank you because nobody else is. I'm setting you free right now. You're gonna, or are you just going to go back to the bottle? You go back find another relationship. Do you rejoice evermore? I ask myself that question. No. But I'm changing. And I know I'm wrong. Do you? Will you say you're wrong? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I'm wrong. Be broken and contrite. The Lord is nine of them that are of a broken and contrite spirit. Do you rejoice evermore? Do you pray without ceasing? In everything do you give thanks. So wait a minute, Tom. You're telling me if things are really cruddy, I've got to give thanks? Yep. But my feelings, oh wait, the gas. The feelings are telling you not to do it. You give thanks no matter what. Bad business day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my life. Start naming them. I, when I'm praying at times, I just start naming people that I'm thankful for. I name them. Some of you are in there. I'm, I've named you too. In my prayers, thank you, Lord, for the Wolfgangs. Thank you, Lord. In my prayers, I'm thankful. What, what, what do I not have to be thankful for? Do I look like I don't eat enough? Is my life in jeopardy today because I'm not I'm gonna starve to death? Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You will give thanks. When thou sayest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, I will seek. 
There's no choice. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Find something to be thankful about. You know you do. You've got plenty. So do I. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. How do you quench the spirit? Kick against the goads. Here's your next step, loved one. Here's your next step. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. Some of you might be thinking, well, I've blown it so much. I've blown it so much. Though, next, what's the next verse? Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. There's no, it's not over if you're breathing. I don't care. Just like I've told you before, I've wasted decades of my life. But it's not over for me. Better is one day, Psalm 84, 10. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell inside the tents of the wicked. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. It's a peril to not progress. And don't be distracted. Let's look at the parable of the sower. Now the parable is this, Luke chapter 8, 11 through 15. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. When this is presented to you, if you're a liberal parent and I present you, look at me now, I love talking people off. I like, you don't think I'm looking at facial expressions? I am. That's how I did all my police work for 25 years. I read people's faces all the time. Kept me from getting my face kicked in. When I say it to the liberal parent, Let's just pick, let's pick a, let's, let's pick a proverb. 20, Proverbs 23, 13 and 14. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he won't die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. When I, when I say that to you, does that offend your feelings? Now, if it does, what should you do? Be offended or actually go looking to see whether or not I'm right. Study to show yourself approved. One's very easy. You can put on melancholy music on the way home and be offended. Put on some Adele. Hello. And go home and be offended. Or you can do what's against your feelings, which is against your gas. Take some Pepto-Bismol and actually go and study the word of God and see if I'm right. And then you know what else you need to do is what doesn't happen inside the church all the time. Actually look at logic and look at fruit. How are all, how's all the parenting going with those who don't? Never in the history of our country have we had the crime that we have now, perpetrated by the youth or by young adults. Broad daylight, smashing grabs all over the country by Democrat-controlled cities. Because when you enable people, you set the enemy free. But if that, that, your approach should be, what does the word of God say? Here's the parable of the sower. Parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The word of God is right and you are wrong. Exemplified in Romans chapter 3 verse 4. Let God be true and every man a liar. Doesn't matter how we feel. It's gas. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their heart, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones that fell on the rock, those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear. 
They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, fall away. Not being sanctified. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, or another translation, the time of temptation, fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who when they have heard go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. This is the verse for the American church. Write it down, Luke chapter eight, verse 14. It is the summary of the American church. The ones that fell among the thorns are those who when they have heard go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, doesn't say they go to hell. It says they lack maturity, which puts them in danger of going to hell, which puts them in danger of Anthony Fauci presenting a 99.9% survival virus and you closing down your church. Because you're so unsanctified, you cannot sense the presence of the enemy. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. What they did was, when, when COVID was presented, they went, well, what's McDonald's doing? That's the natural. 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. People thought I was a whack job for keeping my church open. It went totally against their grain. And I'm talking about, I'm the, uh, um, I'm the one that's not bowing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that was us. And everybody looked at us as lunatics because they received from the natural, not the spirit. The natural tells you to cave, to not create waves, to go along, to get along. I'm going to comply my way out of tyranny. I love, I mock them right now. I mock them publicly. I mock them openly. I mock them proudly. The vaccinated people who believe that people, that the hands of tyranny somehow are not going to be wrapped around their own neck. They already are. In Israel right now, they're on vaccination number four. They're on their way to seven, you no longer have your vaccine passport if you didn't take number three. And in January, it goes to four. So even if you have number three, you're no longer considered vaccinated unless you take number four. And explain to me how a vaccination is something you have to take four times a year. You know how the numbers are working in Israel? This is how it's working. I think I've got it memorized. There's nine million people that live in Israel. First vaccination, 6.8 million people took it. Second vaccination, 6.1 million people took it. So they already lost 700,000. Third vaccination, 4.1 million people took it. They've already lost over 2 million people are no longer complying. You think we're losing? Not losing. As long as you've got a live church, I don't care if it's... You got right here, right in, the, in, in an hour and 90 minutes from right here, you got two live churches, River Church in Tampa Bay. You've got Foundation Church right here. We will never bow. We will never comply. And we don't care what anybody thinks. We are the restraining. Second Thessalonians chapter two. We are the restraining as long as we are here. Talk about being boot kissed or butt kissed or boot licked or butt licked or boot kissed, whatever it is. 
Talk about being bootlicked and butt kissed. They should be doing that with us. We're the ones that are actually holding back the most extreme tyranny that people could possibly imagine. They have no idea, no idea. But the ones that fell on the good ground, verse 15, Luke chapter eight, are the ones, are those who having heard the word with a noble and good heart and keep it and bear fruit with patience. Don't be distracted. I wrote a list. Devil, temptation, choked with cares, riches, pleasures of life. No maturity. Here's some more, here's some more distractions for you. Second Peter chapter three, verse 17. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. Sorry, Calvinists. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 18, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection has already passed and they overthrow the faith of some. 2 Peter 2, 15, they have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Bezor, who loved the wages of wickedness. 2 Peter 2, 18, for when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones, the ones, think about how sad this is, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. Colossians chapter two, verse eight, do not be distracted from sanctification. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition, lockdown, mask, vaccinate. Human tradition is added up to what? Does anybody follow the stats in here? You ever follow them? I do. I'm a little weird, but I follow them. I, wa I look at the charts. There is not a country on the planet. The higher the vaccination rate, the higher the case rate. Every country on the planet. The lowest case rates are in Africa where they have a 6% vaccination rate. COVID statistically doesn't exist there. And by the way, they're talking about Omicron. The only people who caught the Omicron variant in South Africa were all vaccinated, fully vaccinated. Out of 43 people that have had the Omicron variant in the United States, 37 are fully vaccinated. They're liars. Follow the lies, follow the bodies, and you will find the devil. See to it that no one takes you captive through their hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition. All the conservatives and Christians, well, we've taken vaccinations our whole life. That's human tradition. It doesn't mean you take this one. The simple believeth every word, but the righteous man looketh well to his going. Proverbs 14, 15. You look well. You don't just jam something in your arm that they created in, in 18 months. You lost your mind. And if you did, I will pray over you to extract that toxin out of your body. I will do that. And that's what you need, by the way. And it's an emergency that you receive it. Which depends on human tradition, the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. 2 Timothy 2.26 and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will, written to born-again believers. Don't let people or some hollow philosophy sidetrack you, sidetrack you from sanctification. 
Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Now what does it mean to be sanctified? We have about 17 minutes to go. Everybody with me? That includes everything. What does it mean? Here's the definition. To make holy, set apart as sacred. Consecrate, to purify or free from sin. Render legitimate or binding. To entitle to reverence or respect. To make productive. Why didn't, why didn't they prosecute Peter and John when they stood before the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter 4? Why? Why didn't they? They had all the power. These are the same people that nailed Jesus to the cross. Sanhedrin in cooperation with Pontius Pilate, the Roman Empire. Why didn't they do it then? Why didn't they do the exact same thing to Peter and John? You should know. No, fear. They feared the people because the church was delivering. They were lining up to cast people into Peter's shadow. They feared them. All we tell people to do is a list of do's and don'ts. See how quiet it is in here? You're like, Tom, you don't believe in do's? Absolutely. Have you ever heard me preach? There's anybody more hellfire and brimstone than me. There are things that the Bible says for you to do, you better do them. There are things in the Bible that says you don't do, and if you don't do them, if you decide, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do them anyway, you're going to die and go straight to hell for it. I believe in a list of do's and don'ts, but that certainly isn't how Jesus won people. How did he win people? He did tell people the do's and don'ts, but he delivered the miracles. So did Paul. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. Remember, here it comes again. Love, 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 puke love. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Well, you got to love them into the kingdom. Heresy. Heresy, deliver the power. They'll run to you. But we don't, so we got to come up with wise and persuasive words. See, at least at this church, we have this power. We have the power of conviction. We have the power of anointing. Now we need to have the power of miracles. Sanctification, to make productive of a, of a conducive to spiritual blessing. To make productive of a conducive to spiritual or, uh, or of or conducive to spiritual blessing. I massacred that. Let me say it one more time. To make productive of or conducive to spiritual blessing. Being able to receive. How many of you have ever prayed Mark 9.24? Here's 9.23. Jesus said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Said that to the, said that to the father of the child who had the demon that the, that the apostles could not cast out. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Most Christians find that to be offensive and it's the basis of the entire freaking Bible. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God and people will not say they struggle with unbelief. Look at me, I struggle with unbelief. But I know it's me. I don't find excuses. I, earlier this year, for the very first time in the history of this church, I didn't preach because I was sick. Did I come back and say, well, you know, I've learned my lessons. 
you know, the Lord gives and takes away. And, you know, uh, you never know what that crazy God's going to do. No, I came back and said, first of all, I should have been able to bind it, and I didn't. Second of all, I should have been healed. It was unbelief. It caused me to lay in a sick bed for 17 days. At least I lost some weight. It's the only positive out of the whole stinking manure fest. Manure fest, 2021. To make productive of or conducive to spiritual blessing. This is embodied in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. These are the verses I have, prayed, I have preached the most in this church. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, as you look at his mercy, you don't sit there and continue to talk about your redemption. In view of God's mercy, what do you do? Talk about how you were saved? No, it says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. You can't offer God a living sacrifice of yourself and then fill your own calendar. You can't. You have to lay yourself down. Will you do it? Or are you going to be Lord? How's that working for you so far? You know you're miserable. Well, no, I'm not miserable. You are. You are. You are. Even the happiest people who can put that shine on all the time, you're miserable. If, you're not, if you are not a living sacrifice, you are not what God has designed you to be. Why are you running the show? Why do you, why, why do you have to question everything? If the word of God says it, do it. And then you can ask God to explain why later. That's how I parented, by the way. Both of my kids are saved. Both of my kids who are, well, they just had birthdays, so it's 21 and, and 22, but Tommy's about to be 23, have never been on a date. You, a lot of you guys, your kids were pining for those relationships when they were 12. When they were 12. Why? Why? Because there's no sanctification in the house. It starts with you. And it's rolling downhill. Amen. Take the blame. That's part of being sanctified, by the way, is being broken and saying, you know what? It's me. Is your response to God's mercy laying your life down or questioning everything? Why don't you just do it and then pray about it later? That's how I raise my kids. You will do what I say now. If you want to ask later, go right ahead. But when I say you come, you come. Well, I don't believe you are that tough, really. Ask them. They're here somewhere, my kids are. <laughs> to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Not this. As you're the Lord of your life. Praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Why are you praising? You're not a living sacrifice. Your spiritual act of worship is that. You are gone, dead. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not faith in the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. My life, and you're, look at me, your life is over. He's worthy. 
Don't, 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 don't sit there and question it. He's worthy. He's worthy. Your feelings are not worthy. And no human being is worthy of your life. But God himself is. The only threat to your life is what? Luke chapter 10 verse 19 says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. What does that mean? You got it, Ron? That means nothing shall by any means hurt you. Well, I think the deeper, there is no deeper meaning. Stop talking yourself out of blessing. Your only threat to your life is God-ordained martyrdom, which this is a part right here. I lay my life down. A lot of people are scared to death of losing their jobs right now because of vaccine mandates. You don't need to worry about that if you are a living sacrifice. God will come in and give you three times the money you're making now, ten times the money you're making now, if you will simply yield and stop being the Lord. And I'm serious. If you're running your calendar, you are out of the will of God. How could you be in the will of God and you be the Lord? It's impossible. Do not conform any longer, verse 2, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here comes sanctification. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Most Christians make decisions without Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Huge decisions. Who they marry, who they partner with, who they go into business with, without a renewed mind. That goes back to my dog. He's eight months old and sprints into walls because he's eight months old. Most Christians are spiritually eight months old because they got, that's why that's the only thing they have to talk about. The only thing they have to talk about is their redemption, not their sanctification because they stopped growing when they were a child. It shouldn't be us. And I'm just as guilty as anybody else. I've just, listened. unlike a lot of other people, A, I admit it, B, I am moving forward. I am being transformed by the renewing of my mind. Then you will be able, after your mind is, so some of you, should you be dating? Not if your mind's not renewed. What kind of heap are you going to bring home now? You shouldn't be, I, I, just, I know lots of people have very troubled lives and relationships and they will never stop dating. Stop. Do you see your own record? That's the one good thing about Facebook. I can go back and, oh yeah, I remember that boyfriend. Oh yeah, I remember that boyfriend. All the women that I've seen come in and go out of this church with all their boyfriends that were their soulmate for life. That they walked away. Many Christians have this mindset. I will serve Jesus unless this particular sin comes in my life. You're going to hell. You'll never make it. Because guess what? That sin will keep coming in your life time and time again. They come in and they're right with God as long as there's no man option. And men don't even need a woman option because there's porn. Women need the man option. Men will go straight to hell for imaginary sex. Women at least ac actually have to have actual sex to go to hell. You're welcome. See how quiet it is in here? 
It's a gift. You got to be thankful for it. Be glad. Be glad. Be thankful for everything. I told you that earlier. You shouldn't be making, if you have a track record of dating the who's who of Inglewood Jr.'s trash, <laughs> you ought not to be making dating decisions until your mind is renewed. And by the way, that's going to take some time. So take some years off. You'll be all right. Believe me, I know. I didn't date hardly anybody because nobody was interested. I was all right. I was happy. Women had zero interest in me. I was still a happy person. I had Jesus. See how quiet it is. It's amazing. Because everyone's going, I don't want that to be me. I don't want to be. You don't have to be like me. I'm just telling you that some of you need to knock it off. Stop dating now. You're not in a position. Would, would you right now trust the security of your home to a four-year-old? If that's your spiritual maturity, why are you dating? Why are you dating? 1 Corinthians 2.12. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. So that we may understand. Worship team, make your way. I'll close right here. What's the path of sanctification? I don't expect you to answer, but what's the path of sanctification? It's very easy, but the question is, will you do it? What's the path of being made holy? purified or free from sin. Did I lose the mic? Still on. Render legitimate or binding. To make productive. What's the path? We've got three minutes to go. We're done. I promise you, you'll be out of the door at 115. What's the path? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. All things through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the world. That's you. You've escaped the world. You can be a partaker of his divine nature. Listen to that again. By which have been given to us great, exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust it's the Holy Spirit if you want to know it's the Holy Spirit we'll go even deeper into this next week but I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview, there you go, I'm done right there here's the preview if you want to know what is spiritual maturity? It's also found in Hebrews chapter six, and it's in the later it's in the later verses. It's operating beyond the veil. It's actually what it says: beyond the veil. I'm just paraphrasing in the promises of God. What was beyond the veil? Remember that God used to have to be contained behind a veil. Remember that. Who was behind the veil? Was it the Father? Was it the Son? It was the Holy Spirit. 
Read that chapter when you get home today, Hebrews chapter 6, and you'll be ready for next Sunday. You want maturity? It's the Holy Spirit, which will keep you from peril. You have to mature to be kept from peril. It's the Holy Spirit beyond the veil. Take me past the outer courts into your holy place. Past the brazen altar, I want to see your face. That's maturity. Stand with me. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.